RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Health officials step up efforts to trace a highly infectious mutant strain of coronavirus. An expert calls on the government to extend the ban on arrivals from India, Pakistan and the Philippines. And animal rights supporters cheer a proposal to toughen penalties for animal cruelty. Health authorities are appealing to people who recently visited a clinic in Central to get tested for COVID-19 as they continue to trace contacts of two coronavirus patients who were found to be carrying a highly contagious mutated strain of the virus. Richard Pine has details. The Optimal Family Health Clinic, located in the Centrium building, is the workplace of a 31-year-old woman confirmed to be infected with the mutated strain of COVID-19. She had stayed with a man who was confirmed to have the virus after he flew in from Dubai. The Centre for Health Protection says staff and patients who had close contact with the woman at the clinic have been put under quarantine. But it says anyone who's been to the building since March the 29th should get tested for the coronavirus by tomorrow. Meanwhile, authorities reported 12 new coronavirus infections, only one of which is locally acquired. The local case is an 84-year-old man who lives on the 8th floor of Oifai House in Tunmun, next to a previously confirmed case. Officials are investigating whether the two cases are linked. As a precaution, all residents who live on the same floor are being put under quarantine. The imported cases involve seven people who flew in from India, three from the Philippines and one from the United States. The CHP also updated the condition of a kindergarten teacher who tested preliminary positive for COVID-19 on Saturday. It said further tests showed she did not have the virus. An expert says the next few days will be crucial as authorities step up efforts to prevent the spread of the mutant strain. The University of Hong Kong virologist Dr Siddharth Sridhar was asked if he thinks there's silent transmission of the variant in the community. It is possible and that is uh, something that we must uh, look out for very carefully in the coming few days because somebody who's carrying um, a virus, irrespective of whether it's a variant or not, if they go to poorly ventilated indoor areas or areas where they take their masks off like restaurants, there's always a risk of onward transmission. So um, I'm sure we have to do our best to look out for uh, instances or cases of this variant in the coming few days. Dr. Shridhar also told RTHK he believes a ban on arrivals from India, Pakistan and the Philippines should be longer than two weeks because of a surge in cases in those countries. A specialist in respiratory medicine, Dr. Leung Chi Chu, also supports a longer ban. Dr. Leung says by comparison, flights from the UK were barred for almost five months. I don't expect after 14 days uh, will be uh, a sufficient period uh, for the pandemic situation in the three countries to improve. We will have to keep this ban unless the situation there uh, improve or unless we have devised other measures to reduce uh, the chance of importation of uh, these uh, dangerous uh, variants into Hong Kong. The North District Hospital says a 54-year-old man died yesterday, 16 days after receiving a COVID-19 jab. It said the victim was rushed to its accident and emergency unit in the early hours after losing consciousness at home. It said he received a coronavirus vaccine on April the 2nd. Sources say the man was given a Sinovac shot. Supporters of animal rights say have cheered a government proposal that could ban people convicted of cruelty offences from keeping animal pets for life. Right now, those found guilty face a maximum fine of $200,000 and three years imprisonment. Suzanne Gendron, a director of an animal care and management company, believes tougher penalties highlighted in a paper submitted to LegCo are justified. I do think that if people have severe animal 
cruelty that they do not deserve to have animals. Enforcement of our laws is always the hard part. So I think it will be a challenge for the government to enforce, but it's probably still important that if you've had severe animal cruelty that has resulted in severe harm or death of an animal, then you should be banned. I think unless your lack of duty of care results in a severe injury or death to an animal, you might, that might be a little too severe to take the animal away forever. Cuba's official news agency says the ruling Communist Party has elected President Miguel Diaz-Canel to succeed Raul Castro as party first secretary, the most powerful position in the country. The succession marks the end of six decades of rule by Fidel and Raul Castro, who led Cuba's leftist 1959 revolution. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Pro-democracy activist Tam Takchi is applying for proceedings against him in the district court to be halted, with his lawyers questioning the legality of the colonial-era sedition law that he's accused of violating. Francis Sitt reports. The People Power activist is facing numerous charges for allegedly chanting seditious slogans, as well as other public order offences. Tam Tachi's lawyers argued that the sedition law has disproportionately restricted the freedom of expression and is not consistent with the Basic Law and the Bill of Rights. The lawyers also said that the definition of sedition is too vague, with concepts of hatred and contempt being subjective. Senior counsel Philip Dykes told the court that the definition of sedition in the law is so general or fake that it fails to inform what's safe to say or publish. Prosecutors pushed back against the challenge, however, saying it is not a valid ground to hold proceedings. They said human rights protections in the basic law should be applied while taking into account other provisions in the mini-constitution, as well as the national security law. And, as the offence in question can endanger national security, public interest clearly outweighs individual rights in this case. Judge Stanley Chen adjourned the case and reserved his ruling to April the 26th. The government says it will speed up work to sack more than 100 civil servants who've refused to declare their loyalty to the administration. Timmy Sung reports. The Civil Service Bureau says 129 members of the 170,000-strong government's workforce have failed to declare their allegiance to Hong Kong and that they will be responsible to the government. Civil Service Chief Patrick Neep says some of those who refuse to sign disagree with the declaration form's content, while others think the arrangement undermines freedom of speech or say it's in conflict with their foreign nationalities. But none of these reasons have been accepted, and excluding the 25 people who have resigned, the rest have been suspended from duty or put on unpaid leave. Mr. Nip spoke through an interpreter in Lashko. Even the whole foreign passports, I don't think there's an issue in that. Because as permanent residents or as civil servants of the Hong Kong SAL, it's the basic responsibility to bear allegiance to Hong Kong and to the administration. The minister says the government will speed up the process to terminate the workers' services. We will consult um, the Public Service Commission. We will be fast-tracking the procedures. Uh, this will be over and done with, within a couple of months, I'm sure. But his comments were not enough to put the pro-Beijing councillors' minds at ease. Lok Chong-Hom from the Federation of Trade Unions says he's worried that those who have signed the declaration form might be faking and that they will keep working against the government. Ms. Neep says anyone found to have violated the oath will face a disciplinary hearing. 
He also says next month, the government will announce the declaration arrangement for its contract staff. The trial of former lawmaker Tanya Chan over an alleged social distancing violation has got underway despite multiple problems with the prosecution witnesses. One has disappeared, another refuses to turn up, and a third has been lying about her identity. Damon Pang reports. Tanya Chen and the head of the Small and Medium Restaurant Federation, Gordon Lam, denied breaching a four-person gathering limit at a bar in Mong Kok a year ago. Kowloon City Court heard that one prosecution witness had lied to the police about her name when she filed a report about the alleged gathering breach. The witness, Poon Mei Mei, said she had to protect herself. Seeing someone as sensitive as Miss Chan, it's only normal to protect yourself, right? She said. She also said she didn't realize that police had tried to contact her 15 times in around as many days, explaining that she has two phones and four SIM cards. The court was told that prosecutors initially wanted to call five witnesses, but there are now only three. Originally, they couldn't get hold of the other two. Summons were issued, but one was not found and the other later refused to testify. An arrest warrant has been issued for the witness who refused to go to court. Miss Poon testified that she was having dessert across the street from the bar and saw how Miss Chan went inside. The witness said there were about 25 others already inside the premises and she kept watch because she was concerned about bad elements at the bar. The trial continues. Japan is urging Myanmar to release a Japanese journalist who was arrested in Yangon yesterday. Freelance reporter Yuki Kitazumi was previously detained and released after the junta seized power. He's been covering the pro-democracy protests. At a news briefing in Tokyo, Chief Cabinet Secretary Katsunobu Kato called for his release. We have confirmed with our embassy in Myanmar that on the night of the 18th, a journalist in his 40s was arrested in Yangon and is still detained. We are seeking his quick release and are trying to secure the safety of Japanese nationals. There are now hopes that other travel corridors will be established after the opening of the world's first quarantine-free travel bubble between Australia and New Zealand. Canberra says discussions are underway with Singapore and other Pacific Island nations may well come into the mix in the next few months. The boss of Qantas, Australia's flag carrier, is hopeful more travel bubbles will be established soon. But the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, is worried about what he sees regarding coronavirus elsewhere in the world and he insists his government will tread carefully. Australia is in no hurry to open those borders, can I assure you. Three million people now who have died from COVID. The COVID pandemic is raging around the world. I will not be putting at risk the way we are living in this country, which is so different to the rest of the world today. The issues of borders and how they're managed will be done very, very carefully. India reported over 275,000 coronavirus cases yesterday, a ninth straight day of record numbers. The government there has now ordered that all residents returning from the massive Hindu Kumela festival on the River Ganges quarantine for 14 days. They must also be registered and get tested. Concerns are growing that a new COVID variant called B1617 may be behind the surge in cases. So why is it such a threat? Here's Dr. Daitadi Gudasani. 
So this particular variant has been identified first in India towards the end of March, and it seems to have two particular mutations of concern. One is quite similar to the one from the so-called South African Manaus variants that we are concerned about in terms of vaccine effectiveness. And there's another one that's potentially linked to increased transmissibility and also escape from immunity. What's really concerning is that in India over the past four weeks or so, we've seen cases rise from about 20,000 a day to over 200,000 a day. So that's a tenfold increase. And that may potentially be linked to this variant, although we don't know for sure at this point in time. The American space agency NASA has successfully flown a drone named Ingenuity for the first time from the surface of Mars. The announcement was made by the chief pilot, Horvard Griep. Ingenuity's reporting, having performed spin-up, climb, hover, descent, landing, and altimeter data confirmed that Ingenuity has performed its first flight of a powered aircraft on another planet. Lawyers will start presenting closing arguments soon in the trial of Derek Chauvin, the former American police officer charged with murdering George Floyd in Minneapolis last year. Forty witnesses have given testimony, much of it broadcast live. Here's the BBC's Nick Bryant. In closing arguments, the prosecution is expected to show its most damning and emotive piece of evidence, the video of George Floyd being suffocated by the knee of Derek Chauvin. They'll say that the white police officer caused his death while assaulting him and is therefore guilty of second-degree murder. The defence will cite the evidence of its sole expert witness, who, contradicting the assessment of other medical specialists, testified that George Floyd was killed by a heart condition, exacerbated by drug use. European football's governing body, UEFA, is set to hold a crisis meeting after proposals by 12 rich clubs from England, Spain and Italy announced plans to form a breakaway midweek European league. The new competition, backed by an American investment bank, has been met by outrage with, by many in the game, including former players and fans of the clubs concerned. The proposed Super League has sparked a furious backlash and has been denounced by UEFA, the Premier League, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, as well as many players and fans who see it simply as greed. Among them is former Manchester United and England player Gary Neville. It's pure greed. They're imposters. They're imposters. They're nothing to do. The owners of this club, the owners of Liverpool, the owners of Chelsea, the owners of Manchester City, they're nothing to do with football in this country. There are a hundred and odd years of history in this country from fans that have lived and loved these clubs. And they need protecting. The fans need protecting. Jose Mourinho has been sacked as manager of Tottenham Hotspur after a poor run. He'd been in charge of the club for 17 months, replacing Mauricio Pochettino in November 2019. But Mourinho failed to get Spurs back into the Champions League. The team haven't won a trophy since the 2008 League Cup. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Health officials step up efforts to trace a highly infectious mutant strain of coronavirus. An expert calls on the government to extend the ban on arrivals from India, Pakistan and the Philippines. And animal rights supporters cheer a proposal to toughen penalties for cruelty to animals. The news from RTHK. Thanks a lot. Uh, we'll have uh, more news from Sean Kennedy in, uh, from our newsroom at uh, midnight. <laughs> Fifteen minutes after eleven.
This is Michael Bublé. For once in my life, I've got someone who needs me, someone I've needed so long. For once, unafraid, I can go where life leads me, and somehow I know I'll be strong. For once, I can touch what my heart used to dream of long before I knew someone warm like you could make my dreams come true. For once in my life, I won't let sorrow hurt me, not like it's hurt me before. For once I have someone I know won't desert me, I'm not alone anymore. For once I can say this is mine, you can't take it, long as I know I've got For once in my life, I got someone who needs me. You can't disparage. Ask the local gentry, and they will say it's elementary. Try, try, try to separate them. It's an illusion. Try, 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 and you will only come to this conclusion: love and marriage. Love and marriage, they go together like the horse and carriage. Dad was told by mother, you can't have one, you can't have none, you can't have one without the other. No, sir. And getting us uh, into 
this hour, two in a row for you, and we started off with um, Michael Bobble for Once in My Life, and uh, uh, that one uh, for Once uh, for Once in My Life. Uh, let's have a little look. It was uh, originally yes, 1968. Um, Ron Miller uh, wrote it for Motown. And uh, it was uh, the first recorded by Connie Haynes. Uh, Connie Haynes was an American singer and actress in that 1968. Um, 